it was the actual way. I didn't, I, I, I was uncomfortable in my skin. I, I didn't like seeing pictures of myself. I didn't feel like, you know, and even though the phone's ringing, like, can you do this runway show? I'm like, I just don't. So the, the catalyst to me was making that life decision on a walk with my husband going like, I can go one or one or two ways. In the back of my mind, I'm like, well, you know, I was a plus size model at when I was younger and I still got work. That should be fine. That, that was the least of my concerns. And I was loving fitness and I was loving feeling good in my body. So when I'm first starting out, I wasn't, you know, as, as fit as I am now. And it just every year kind of learned more about how to biohack myself and how to train and how to how to get more lean muscle and how to manipulate things. Obviously, you know, we all we're not ever where we want to be. I'm Megan Armstrong. Welcome to Life Six Feet Above. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more that I started to talk about my journey, my struggles, and my past, the more I realized people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I'd feared for so long. In fact, other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason they trusted me to do so. So the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know it has some explicit language and some very serious subject matter. It may be triggering or sensitive to certain people. Please listen with discretion. This is Paige's story. Welcome back to episode 34 of the Six Feet Above podcast. I'm so excited for this one because, first of all, it's fucking Friday. Can we just get a cheers to that? And I'm interviewing a friend I've known forever and ever and ever, at least since I moved to Atlanta. And like, we just have never spent a lot of time together. And I didn't know anything about your story until we started chatting the other day. And I was like, you should come on my show. And you're like, yeah. So welcome, Paige. Thank you, Meg. Paige Castor. <laughs> thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've been listening since episode one. Aww, so like this is an honor and a pleasure to be here. Well, you are you are where it happens, <laughs> where it goes down, all the good stuff. So happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, girl. We made What's, it. What's uh oh my God. Well, and the thing is, like, I love that it's Friday when people say happy Friday, but when you work in fitness, there's no Friday. Preach. Preach. We had a schedule change yesterday and I'm not working tomorrow. And oh. I'm like, what is it like to be off yeah. on a Saturday and be in town? Yeah. I mean, otherwise we're on vacation, right. but I'm like, what is, what is this life? Well, you're gonna and find out. I know, I'm super excited. But yeah. of course, I'm like, you know, you always have the guilt. I'm like, I miss my people. Right, right. <laughs> Right. Or you feel like you should be working out on Saturday morning. Oh, amen. Yeah. Because that's like the, you know, that's Saturday morning's the prime time to work out and teach. So you always feel like you have to be teaching and then you basically get like one day on a Sunday, assuming you're not working on a Sunday. Yeah, no, I had to, I had, I had to carve out one day a week. <laughs> yeah, same, same. So Paige and I go way back. I don't even, I don't even remember where I met you, to be honest. Flywheel? Yeah. Maybe? I mean, Flywheel, maybe. Like I, back in the heyday when yeah. Flywheel was like good. <laughs> And alive. Oh, R.I.P. Flywheel. <laughs> I know. It's so, sad. it's so sad. I mean, it had to be. But I mean, I think we've just been rolling in each other's orbits. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's. Well, I'm also very much like energy-wise attracted to people, but also you're tall and blonde too. So I feel like, you know, you kind of click. You click with people that look 
similar. Like I remember in college, all of my, my closest girlfriends still to this day, um, one of them is exactly my height and one of them's like two inches shorter, but we met because we were all recruited for the rowing team. Oh my gosh. So we did crew for like the first two months at Syracuse in like September, October. And then we were all like, oh, F this. It's freezing cold out. Yeah. Well, some of, a bunch of my good friends at Georgia were volleyball players. Oh, okay. And I will never forget one spring break, we all go to Miami and we had one um, of the gym dogs who was a gymnastic with it, a gym, gymnast. So we uh-huh. have like every girl and yeah. we're all in our like, you know, big Miami shoes. And then we have this one girl that was like, you know, five foot with her platforms <laughs> on. And it was like, we had our little, like our little baby with us. Like, Sorry about it. <laughs> Well, welcome. I am so excited to hear about your life because it's kind of a new subject. I mean, similar issues, but like you definitely have a very cool story. And I don't think a lot of people, at least I don't know a lot of people in Atlanta that know about it. Have you shared this story much? I mean, I pop it on my Instagram every now and again. um, But I don't want to be that person that's constantly like, this is where I came from. This is where I came from. um, Because I... My life's motto is relentless forward mission. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important to reflect on the past. And But I haven't shared it. Sometimes I'll drop it in a class and I'll be like, hey, did you know I weighed 220 pounds? And yeah. like, I'll just watch people's like jaw drop. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, this is not, I wasn't, you know, always a fitness instructor. Right. So, right. Yeah. So you, you came from a very different world that led you into fitness. But let's start with... Who's Paige right now? What are you doing? Give us a little, you know, kind of synopsis of what's going on right now, and then we'll backtrack. Okay. Um, gosh, I am all the fitness and wellness things. Mm-hmm. So um, I am the lead instructor at Shred 415 in Sandy Springs. Which I'm obsessed with this workout. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Good. It's a, it's, it's, you know, studio hit. It's great. It's just an incredible vibe in the studio. Yeah. We, you know, we talk about vibes. Yeah. And I know that sounds very woo-woo, but you cannot... You can't fake a vibe. 100%. Um, so I am there anywhere six or eight classes a week. I'm also at Lifetime, mm-hmm. and I am lucky enough to be on their live stream. So I teach one day a week. I drive up to Johns Creek and teach a nationwide live stream class. So cool. Which is blows my mind and is super fun. Um, shout out to all the Peloton rides, to so learning how to talk to like an iPad when there's right. nobody in the when room, there's right? nobody in the room, yeah. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, um, everything stopped. I'm a personal trainer as well and, you know, had a bunch of clients, had some nutrition coaching. I'm a certified nutrition coach. And the pandemic hits, everything stops. And then I was given the opportunity to be a faster way to fat loss coach, which is a online digital coaching. Say that again. A, yes. Faster way to fat loss. Okay is an online digital um, nutrition and coaching. Okay. And that has been another piece of it. So day-to-day, um, you know, I'm constantly running between classes, clients, yeah. virtual clients. Um, and then the biggest thing is I am the mom to mm. – he's my only, so I am that only child mother, but this just most precious nine-and-a-half-year-old little boy. Yeah. And um, married 14 years this month. So, Crazy. Yeah, it's hard to believe. But, um, yeah, so – my days are, you know, running from classes to clients and yeah. then carpool. And yeah. Then <laughs> so what is he in? Is that third grade? Um, he is in third grade. Third grade. Yeah. That's yeah. So. He's finishing next week. I'm not quite sure I'm ready for summer life though. <laughs> I'm like, can you, can, can y'all go to school for another month? I can't month? believe the school year is over. Yeah. That makes two of us, Maggie. It's crazy. I am not okay. So what do you do? Uh, well, we'll talk, like, uh, we could go on and on about this, but right, right. I definitely want to get to, to you, but quick question. I, and this is coming from an only child. Does he, because I remember how I was growing up, does he know he's an only child? Like, is that a thing? Does he, is he ever like jealous of his friends that have, 
siblings because I remember I was growing up. Yeah, I, he comes from a long line of only children. Okay. So I was an only Are you? two you and my mother. And I remember asking for a sibling more when I was a child. Yeah. I think he um, he's really fortunate in that he knows he – like. He goes to a good private school. He's yeah. got – he can do any sport or any activity that he wants. So sometimes when he's like, well, mommy, daddy, I wish I had somebody. I'm like, well, but then you couldn't do X, Y, and Z. Mm. And he's like, oh, cool. And he just rolls <laughs> on. <laughs> he's like good. He's just like a really happy-go-lucky dude. Yeah. And like I don't think – and maybe as girls, you know, you're just more introspective. Right. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, yeah. And and our heart is called to um, – we originally thought about foster care. but Yeah. And we are starting the process to foster an, an older child. Like really? More, like a child that's aged out of foster care. Okay. So be a family for a kid that's like 19 and 20, that doesn't know how to do their taxes, mm. that doesn't know what to do when the light comes on in the car. Mm-hmm. That So that's kind of where our heart is pulled. Um, we're in the very beginning process of that. Cool. But um, yeah, it's just part of, you know, a way to share our, our family and our faith. And yeah. without, I mean... I hats off to people that are brave enough to and strong enough to do foster care. I don't know if I'm that strong. So I think I could impact children that need, you know, older kids that can need a a hand. So yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to ask you about the the only child thing. So, and I think you're right. It's a little bit different with boys and girls. Like I was very, and, and, and what my parents went through, like they were trying to have kids. So for me, it was like that. I'm not good enough sort of thing because I knew that they wanted more versus like, hey, you're this is it. This is all we want. Like yep, we could it. afford two other kids and you be able to, you know, go to all these swim meets every weekend. So yeah, yeah. it's a good point. Good point. Uh, where are you from originally? I am from Lilburn, Georgia. So Where's just a suburb outside. <laughs> it's near Stone Mountain. Okay. Um, there's just, it was like the mate, like crazy Gwinnett County mm. um, suburb. And it was just, you know, super typical, huge um, high school. And, yeah. you know, just it was a very fun, typical childhood. Yeah. Super low key. Yeah. Nothing crazy happened. No, no. Um, I can't complain. I was really, <laughs> I mean, the first part of my life was incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> I was parents at, married? Parents are married yeah. still. Um, you know, although the way that they grouch at each other in their 70s, I'm like, Mom, you just want to get your own spot. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was a, an avid equestrian and a swimmer. Okay. And so I was just that kid that I was either at the barn or yeah. at the pool. Yeah. And I did that all through high school. And then I was um, recruited to be on the equestrian team at University of Georgia. Nice. And I rode at Georgia and had that really cool experience of being a collegiate athlete, which yeah. is something I really, really treasure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just had a really, really fun, sweet kind of boring but great childhood like yeah. something I yearn for my son is like you know all the kids on the street get together and you just like mm-hmm. open the door and nobody knows where the kids are and they just come when it gets dark Ugh. which we don't have now yes, I feel I know. I know um but yeah it was great but in the meantime you fell into the the modeling world I did because this is kind of where your story starts right mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. oh 100 percent um so tell us about that like how old were you and how did it come about um, well, I was kind of like a, my awkward stage was extremely prolonged. Okay. Okay. Like, you know, we all hit it from like fourth grade to like, mine was like fourth grade to like sophomore year in high school, maybe junior year. Two braces I, you know, and all the things. I had braces. Yeah. I was a little chunky. Yeah. Like it was a whole thing. Um, and then it was like one of those like nine eighties teen movies where like I came back from the summer yeah. and I didn't feel like anything had changed, but everyone's like, Oh my God. Hi. Oh wow. And I'm like, huh? What? Oh, what's, uh, what's up that? y'all? 
What's the movie where she's walking down the stairs? Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! I can't even think of it. I can't even. Is it? She's all that. Yes, she's yes. all that. But I mean, it, and it wasn't that dramatic. Don't right, get me wrong. Right. But I just remember like there being kind of a shift, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know. And I that was oh my god, I'm so dating myself, y'all. That was when <laughs> Clueless was like the thing. Oh yeah. And we all dressed like we dressed for school, yep. and so then the Miss Parkview, which is my high school pageant, came around, and I was like you know, I might want to do that. And my mom was like, well, if you're going to do it, do it right. So we got some pageant coaching and the whole thing. So this is sophomore year. Junior year. Junior year. Okay. And um, I I didn't win. And (laughs) (laughs) and, um, senior year, I I was like, you know, let me do it again. It it was fun. And I mean, it was just very glamorous and something I'd never really, you know, done. Yeah. And um, I won Miss Photogenic, which I didn't oh. win the big title, but I was like, look, Miss Photogenic's out of everybody and, you know, not just your grade. So that, right. was, that was how I told myself it was cool. <laughs> Hello commercials and ads, right? Yes. And after that, I um, the little development agency where I um, did the pageant coaching were like, okay, let's go to this modeling convention. Mm. And we did all this training and we go to this modeling convention and it was in Hilton Head and over three days. And I left that convention with a modeling contract in New York, Miami, Charlotte, and Atlanta. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. It was um, it was neat. And yeah. so that was my senior in high school. Eight days after I graduated high school, I moved into a studio apartment with this like crazy girl in a really rough part of Brooklyn <laughs> and started my modeling career. Um, it was not... So no super- college. Oh no, that no. Oh girl, like I was, a, I modeled in the summer. Okay, and then I went to school. So I was gonna say, I know you went yeah, to college. Yeah, no, my but parents I didn't know. and and I also I wasn't booking, I wasn't making a hundred thousand right, dollars right, a right, year. Right. Like I was very much like a working model, yeah, yeah. barely covering the <laughs> right. expense. It was more like a lifestyle. Like it to me was life training yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Like at eighteen, I'm in New York. I have to find my way around the city. I have to show up to booking or, you know, to castings and bookings on time, be professional, you know, all those things. So that was kind of like pre-college. Got it. Um, but yeah, so I spent a summer in a model's apartment in, in, um, excuse me, New York. Then I go to college, Mm -hmm. then I come home and I spend the summer in Chicago and I'm working in Chicago. And then, um, I would occasionally direct book in the winter to Miami. So I'd miss school for that. I'd fly out and go to Miami. Um, and do a, do a shot. Now, the biggest thing I ever, like, again, this is not like a crazy glamorous and well, this is the part of the story. This is the root of the story. I was a plus size model. Mm. I was considered plus Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, a size 10, 12, Mm -hmm. um, at that time. And I was still like, I always kind of felt a like, obviously a little less than when I would show up to castings and things. Yeah. And of course, like the clothes that they would put me in and, um, you know, it just was, it was different, Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, you were, you know, you feel like, Hey, you get a random phone call and they're like, Hey, we'd like to pay you X amount for a couple hours of work. Can you be here at this time? Sure. But you're also, are you around other plus size models or are you going out are they bringing in models of all shapes and sizes for this? So in, um, so in the models department, it was I the first models department I lived with another plus size girl. So we'd go to bookings and castings, ex- excuse me, castings not bookings together. Okay. And then let's say I'm in Miami and they might be casting to fill male models, child plus straight size models. Got it. All sorts. So I'm like at this casting in South Beach at the Fountain Blue, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, wow, like I am feeling very. Uh, disgust, like right. not disgusting. What's the word? Um, oh gosh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. 
um, kind of like out of sorts. Not good enough. Not like, good, yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. just like, okay, yeah. wow. Um, and so it would just, you kind of intermingled with things and, yeah. you know, you would be at jobs with straight size models, plus size models. Um, but there wasn't a huge camaraderie. It's not like you would show up every week and see the same girl that's right. booking. Right, right, Um, or a lot of times... Do we remember goodies? The um, it, it was a you probably don't being from New goodies, York. No, it was like a think about like um a, a clothing store that was cheaper, okay, like trendy, um department store, okay, and they would put the little circulars in the newspaper. So mm. I shot those it's all like J C Penney's, like a J C Penney's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 same thing, and. I would show up for like to shoot the back to school thing, mm. and it would be like me and then some plus size or excuse me some straight size models. Which so let's can, let's define what straight size is. Straight size will be you've got to be you know five foot nine, mm-hmm. and for the girls you know you're zero to four. Yeah. So I'm yeah. on a job, and I'm you know at this point I'm still pretty little. I will flash forward, of course, but I mean I'm a ten twelve. Yeah. And sometimes I wasn't chubby enough, so they'd put like pillow stuffing right. in my clothes, right? Right. Um, and then we'd shoot like a back to school with like mm-hmm. me and then some really cute boys and then some straight size models. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't have male plus models back right. in those days or right. really now. But right. well, um, even back then, let's remember this is 20, 21 years ago. Yeah. God. And like plus size is a thing. Like we see all these TikToks now and these women are crushing it and they're, you know, size 18, 20, 22. Right, right. Um, which good for them, but like that did not exist. Even I would say ten years ago. No, like, I mean I think the body Ashley positive- Graham kind of set the tone for plus size models, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and even she's only like a fourteen, sixteen, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. ten to twelve is like, it's n- normal. Like to me, that's a straight size. Yeah, I, don't I mean know. that was what's so crazy about it. Is I'm like, right, you know, and and you would kind of mentally kind of feel bad about yourself, sure. but then you'd be like, well, I- I've never been that size. Normally, I ever be that size. Right. And I, I would constantly like remind myself, like, it's okay. Like, this is great. A, you're getting paid for it. B, it's fun. Right. right. And it, it's a unique experience. Well, and I remember something you said to me when we started talking about this originally. It's like you were plus size, but there was no incentive for you to lose weight because you were booking. Like, you're a beautiful human being. And you're so, like, you would feel bad for a minute or whatever at the castings with all these straight size models. And then, you book something, you're getting paid X amount of dollars, you're on set, and it's like, well, uh, what? I don't need to lose any weight because I'm working it, right? Right, right. And I mean, I look back at pictures at that time, and I'm like, yeah, that's it's a pretty girl. That's great. But, and just like to, to your point, when, when I got to that point where I was saying, well, I'm being rewarded for this, mm. what's my incentive? I had graduated college. I was working full time. And so again, this was just a fill-in. Like I'd right. get a call, I could right. make it, whatever. Um and at that time, I was just putting on weight and putting on weight and putting on weight. And I, it was, you know, oh, the dry cleaner sh- shr- um, shrunk my pants again mm. kind of thing, you know. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to get these 16 shorts because then I'll just wear them low on my hips. No, mm. they fit. So you were going from a 10-12 modeling and then you started to gain weight. Do I you started, know where that came from? I think it was just graduating from college yeah. and getting a job and like, you know, just that first metabolic slowdown that people experience at like 25, 26. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. on site real estate. We had to bake cookies every day. Mm. So like we just like be bored eating cookies and drinking like fish on the weekends. And so I think it just was that natural progression that a lot of people when they graduate college sure. get that, oh, I'm not working out four times a week for my right. sport. Right. I'm not, you know, I don't have all the time in the world to go do what I want to do at the gym. So it was just that, and it, it was, it was just, it was really gradual. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm a 12, 14. All right, right. now I'm a, 
And I would never let myself say I'm a 16, but I was easily a size 16. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, I got married during, um, during that time. And of course lost a little bit of weight for the wedding, but I fit in my wedding dress when I was like eight months pregnant. Oh, wow. So it's just crazy, you know, and, um, I'm walking with my husband, I'm 26 years old, 27 years old, I guess. And I'm like, oh, my hips hurt. Mm. I guess I'm just getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just laugh at that? This this stuff that you tell yourself, like, oh yeah. Like, and I just kind of looked and growing up, my mom had always been morbidly obese. Really? Yeah. And, um, and she'd always struggled and I was like, you know what? I can go one or two ways right now. Yeah. And I started Weight Watchers of all things. Yeah. I and did Weight Watchers. I was working out and learning how to fuel my body, you know, with that kind of first training wheel knowledge mm-hmm. of it because, you know, I didn't get a ton of that knowledge growing up from my parents. My mom right. just does not eat a salad like right. ever. Um, so just kind of learning how to like properly feel my body and, and started going to the gym and then took body pump. Remember body pump? Yes. And I was just like in the front row, every class and loved it. And I said yeah. to the owner of the gym and I, you know, I always shout out Jacob McClendon. Um, but I was like, I, I might want to do this. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, do it. As far as being a trainer. Be, a, be an instructor. And this is at 27. Yeah. So you're working real estate, but you're like, Meh, I don't know if I want to do that. Right, right. And real estate bubble crashes. I'm in um, right. I'm in sales for um, special events, um, mm. which was another thing. You know, every party, it's getting, you know, the best caterers right. and the best right. cake tastings yeah. and everything yeah, else. Girl like, oh, was like gotta test on it out. the struggle bus. Um, <laughs> what was your major? I was a marketing major. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I've always been in sales, right? Like it's, it's just sales. Yeah. Um, So fitness is fitness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out here selling myself every day. Every fucking day. Um, So yeah. And I, I was reflecting, I was in this like awful job at the time and my husband and I had been in our house for a couple of years and, you know, we'd kind of outgrown that first, like being incredibly house poor where you're like, oh my God. And I had this awful job in sales and special events and I would teach like one or two body pump classes a week. And that was my favorite part of the week. Where did you teach at? I taught at Adrenaline in Chambly. I don't know. It might've been gone. Never heard of it. It it is now like a condo building. Mm. It it was like a a huge empty storage facility, but it was just a really sweet gym with a great community. And then I'm like, I started teaching cycling there. And then I, you know, one day I was just, I came home and I was like, I, I'm so miserable with this job. I don't know what to do. And my husband was like, just teach, like figure it out. Yeah. So I got up every day at 5 a.m. to work the front desk at this gym in sales. I wasn't actually getting paid. I was hoping somebody needed to renew their membership. Mm. And then I had a friend who was a wine distributor. So I was driving all over the state of Georgia trying to sell like two or three cases of wine just to like, just to make some money. Yeah. And then I teach classes and then I was like, okay, I'll be a personal trainer. And then I was like, okay, I'll do TRX. And then I started, um, I kind of got some traction in the studio right? Um, in Buckhead. And then I started teaching. So it really grew, I'm not going to say organically. Right. Because that, that takes, the, that takes yeah. away the power yeah, of that, yeah. how much freaking work I did on my back. 100%. To get where I am today. Yeah. So let's talk about your weight at this time. Yeah. You What was like... You hit. You said you hit what two twenty, two twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was too afraid to get on a scale, but yeah. But it was probably more about the way that your body felt with the hips and like just kind of feeling like you were aging versus the actual weight. Or what was it like for you? It was the actual weight. I didn't. Yeah. I I I was uncomfortable in my skin. I I didn't like seeing pictures of myself. I didn't feel like, you know. And even though the phone's ringing, like, can you do this runway show? I'm like, I just don't. 
So the, the catalyst to me was making that life decision on a walk with my husband going, like, I can go one or one or two mm-hmm. ways. In the back of my mind, I'm like, well, you know, I was a plus-size model at when I was younger and I still got work. That should be fine. That, that was the least of my concerns. Right. And I was loving fitness and I was loving feeling good in my body. So when I'm first starting out, I wasn't, you know, as, as fit as I am now. And it just every year kind of learned more about how to biohack myself right. and how to train and how to how to get more lean muscle and how to manipulate things. Obviously, you know, we all, we're not ever where we want to be. But right. um, yeah, I hope that, did that just answer your question? May, yeah, you just kind of, well, it, it's, you're going down any path and there's always two decisions or two choices, really. Yeah. Maybe three, right? And I think a lot of times, at least for me, I'm going to relate this to my mental health journey. It's like, you can stay the victim forever. You can stay the poor me. You can stay the I'm overweight or I'm heavy or I don't feel like I fit in mentality. Or you can take responsibility and be like, well, I'm here because I put shit into my mouth every fucking day and mm-hmm. I'm not doing what I should be doing physically active for my body. And when you're in a dark place, it's very hard to change that negative spiral. Yeah. So, you know, one of the big things I like to talk about on this show is like, how do you take control of your life? How do you, I, you know, you sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you go up the other side. Yeah, and I think it's a, it was a little bit of rock bottom, but it also was like, it was baby steps. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, I just want to feel a little bit better in my mm-hmm. clothes. Mm-hmm. And then you lose 10 pounds. You're like, wow, this, right. this, this is good. And yeah. then it was like, okay. And you lose a little bit more. And then it's like, well, let's run that Thanksgiving 5K. Yeah. And then that turns into five half marathons. Right. So did you start and, teaching at this place when you were pretty much your heaviest? Um, I was I was well on, I was well on my way to my journey. Okay. So I I had probably so you'd lost twenty five. Yeah, I probably lost twenty five yeah, pounds, yeah. and I was like definitely, I I I'm not gonna say I looked the part of the instructor, but at least somebody wasn't gonna be like, um, why am I taking her class? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, right, I wasn't right, right. like amazing, yeah. but yeah. people weren't gonna like start laughing and walk out. Right. Um, so I definitely was like on my way and I yeah. look back at pictures then too. And I think, Oh, you know, I was so far from where I am now. And then no, I, I was hope- hypercritical. Too. Right. You know, right. you always look back and you're like, Oh God, I was so awful then. You know, or you think you were so out of shape and then you look back you're like, no, it was, it was yeah. okay. It yeah. was okay. I remember being at flywheel, uh, the first time around, um, <laughs> seven years ago and somebody came up to me and they were like, we just like, you're, you're our, our favorite instructor. It was like a group of younger girls are like, you're just one of our favorite instructors. We love your music. And you also just look so normal. And I was like, so you're telling me like, I'm the heavier one out of the group, which I was. And I knew that, but yeah. Oh, but to hear that as a, a female B as a fitness instructor and see like being new to this market it was like a f- dagger and i had a i had a big like relapse in my you know eating disorder journey um when i first moved here like big relapse cuz i was like oh my god i i don't look the part and i didn't i wasn't I wasn't a care weaver. I wasn't like jacked up, but who is, right? Right. And that's great for her. Exactly. And I, it took me a while to kind of be like, okay, this is me. Like I, I'm never going to look like some of these fitness instructors do. And it's been over my past seven years in Atlanta that I've learned, like it has nothing to do with what I look like. It has everything to do with how I make other people feel. A hundred percent. And that's where it kind of drives me crazy with our industry that these instructors, and and I I give them props, they're going in, they're in their, 
you know, sports bras and whatever, and they're posting these great photos, but I don't think a lot of these younger instructors are aware of what message that sends to a 24, 25 year old in their class. Well, and let's let's say they've never had to struggle. Right. You know, they, they have an incredible, God bless them. Right. They've got the great genetics. Exactly. But then you're dealing with somebody that maybe has a long way to go. Yeah. And, and you don't have that relatability to them. Right. right? And to me, I think that's what I, I, you know, I attribute my success because I can look at that girl that is 40 pounds overweight and mm-hmm. I can kind of see that in her eyes, that pain and that mm-hmm. frustration and that like vulnerability. And, and I will speak to that right. and I'll say, Hey, look, I know this isn't easy yeah. and I've been there Yeah. now to rewind to what you said about flywheel. My favorite <laughs> is, and you know me, you know yeah. how hard I work out. And when somebody will be like, you know, I just love you because you know, your body's attainable. <laughs> and I'm like, well, bitch, if you worked out as hard as I did, right. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Like, like what do you even say to that? Wow, yeah. here's my card. Yeah. You know, maybe I can help you attain right. this because I feel like I work really hard. <laughs> well, and now we're in the day where functional medicine is really at the forefront and we're learning like you can work out as hard as, you know, an, an Olympic athlete. You can work out all day long and eat all the right things. And if your hormones are out of whack or your stress levels are off the charts, your cortisol levels are off the charts, or you're not sleeping or whatever it is, like, there are so many other factors that go into your weight and your body type and your and your size that it's not just about input output. Like it's not anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it used to be a lot easier where it's like calories in, calories out. And there's a component of that, but we're learning so much more about females, especially when they hit their 30s, 35, 40, that there are so many other factors now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think it's, I, I just think it's important to have people in the health and wellness space yeah. that are open and right. are venerable and, and, and explain like, look, it's not easy. It's not, you know, you just do this TikTok booty workout and yeah. you're going to look like this, right. you know, and let's be real. Are these, you know, these, some of these images of mm-hmm. health and wellness influencers, I can smell the face tune, okay? Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see what you're doing. Yeah. So I yeah. think that, you know, there's a huge component to that as well, yeah. is that we're all trying to filter and and hide and, and, and you know, show our absolute best. Where yeah. to me, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm as vain as the next girl. But right. showing that real version of yourself right. to the world and being okay with that guess what? That's when you really start to see results and, and yeah. because you love yourself yeah, and you're able to say, Hey, look, let me better this amazing person right. that I'm in. Right. I mean, I know how bad I was mentally about my body in my twenties. Like, thank God Instagram wasn't around. Oh God, like I can't girl. even imagine. I right? mean, I know, I know that. I mean, shout out to women and, and daddies raising little girls out yeah. there. I mean, it's, I see it already with like my little boy, like he'll take a selfie and he'll be like, mommy, look at this cool filter. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, or he'll take it and be like, oh, I don't like that. Retake it. And I'm like, nope, it's perfect. Right. Like you are perfect just the way you are. Yeah. Yeah. So struggle. It is. It is. But I'm just glad, man, with all the body image stuff and, you know, I mean, I remember being in high school and like subsisting on a roll of breath mints, you know, (laughs) just thinking we had to be skinny for prom. Right. 
can't be like, man, I'm one stomach flu away from my goal weight. Exactly. Like, God, all this exactly. stuff that one coronavirus what, now. Yeah, right. I'm like, God. But, <laughs> I wish I could taste or smell. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> I know. I was like, who that is a the joke. Corona? That is we're a kidding. Joke. We're kidding. Yeah, no, exactly. we are not glamorizing eating no, disorders. No, 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 no. But we've all been there in Absolutely. some capacity, right? Absolutely. We've all been there and said, oh, nine out but of ten I'm, women. Nine out of ten nine women. Out of, God, mm-hmm. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Whether they say it or not, that's a whole other thing. So. I want to, well, I want to rewind one more time and then we'll kind of come back to your fitness journey. Yeah. But let's talk about, you have some kind of fun stories about your modeling days in New York and Chicago. Oh girl. So like, yes, there's this whole (laughs) other side of it and, and, and just feeling a little bit different, being a little bit oversized compared to the zeros through fours. I remember when I lived in Boston, I got into the acting and, and modeling and I was a, I was a solid six, eight. And I went in and they're like, okay, you, you either need to gain weight or you need to lose weight. Right. Like you're, you're stuck not, in the middle. you're stuck in the middle. And then when I went out to LA, they told me the same thing. He's like, you're either too tall or you're not tall enough. I'm like, well, I can't change my height. Right. So I wasn't like, I was going out for, um, a lot of the athletic roles, but I wasn't tall. Like I had to be like six, two. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. at six feet, I was too tall for the quote unquote normal roles. So oh, yeah. same sort of thing. I did a lot of like TV auditions. And when I did that first initial convention, they were like, we love you, yeah, but you're too tall for TV. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And then I would see like, see celebrities and right. I'm like, Oh, they're tiny. Mm-hmm. They're like little tiny nugget people. They really are. So, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, what, I mean, what story is appropriate to tell mm-hmm. if this is, you can, um, tell, you can say anything you want on the I show mean, pretty much. I mean, I think one of my absolute favorite stories was we were in Chicago for a summer and if you've never been to Chicago in the summer, I say go because people in Chicago, when the weather is nice, mm. lose their bloody minds. Yeah. The bars are packed at two o'clock yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah. So we're there, and I actually, I, I take it back. I said I was the only plus model, model in our condo, or our condo. There was one other plus-size model, and then there was um, two or three other straight-size models. So there's that like, were, what, four or five of you? In yeah, a, in a studio in apartment. In a studio. Oh, God. In twin beds. Oh, it was the but the building is on Clark and Division. It's like the it's like the Buckhead. It's like being in the middle of like it's the front of the Miracle Mile. I okay, mean, okay. Freaking amazing. Like what? Doorman what twenty-year-old wouldn't want that, right? And then we're like all bunked up in these like single. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we're out one Tuesday, and we're I'm underage, and we're at this bar, and all of a sudden these guys keep taking their dentures out, but they're like young. So I'm like, and I'm from the south. I'm like, what are they doing taking their teeth out? <laughs> And in that, they're like, in that exactly. I mean, I was, there were all these hockey players. Oh. And I'm not going to drop a, a name. But they were, and they were all a bit older. I was like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. I was 19 at the time. And they were all a bit older and they were all after the two straight size models that live with me. Mm. And I mean, the one girl's like six foot. She's like zero huge fake, you know, Miami yeah. titties yeah. and the whole thing <laughs> and the long, long hair. And then I'm like, hey, y'all, <laughs> I'm just alone for the ride. And literally that was the case. And my husband to this day is like, you did not make out with one of this. But I'm like, no, because they had kids my age. They were all oh, retired hockey players. God. One is like a very famous retired mm-hmm. hockey player. And they were like, I was just along for the ride. And so what, the next day, you know, they're taking their teeth out, the whole thing. I'm like, y'all want to go on the boat? And the girl, the girls were like, yeah. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Sure. <laughs> and we go to like the little pier, which, you know, you see Chicago's like a U shape over the water at the lake. And we jumped off 
into this boat. We spend the day on the boat. We have this great time. And then the boat parks itself underneath Smith and Walensky, which is like the, you know, fanciest steak place ever. Okay. We go in in our bathing suits and our cover-ups. We've been on the lake all day. They don't care. Huh. And I have never, at this point, I'd never seen like those big seafood towers. Yeah. And there's these, and I'm just over there just eating lobster. Like, <laughs> like this is crazy. And just having like the best time. And then my girl, they go out and I'm like, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> so I just waddle back to my model's apartment oh to watch God. TV. And they went out. And I mean, yeah, there were a lot of nights clubbing. There were a lot of fun times in Miami. Oh, I saw gosh. Paris Hilton in two different nights in Miami and she wore the same dress. And I was like, oh. <gasps> um, and that was the height of her. So, I mean, it was... It was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the the stories that, you know, my very first, like, week of castings, and we're in Manhattan, and I go for a Target casting, and and they were like, oh, well, go put this on. I was like, well, where's the changing room? And they're like, this right here. Right, Like, yeah. you're just like, oh, I just get naked, right? Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah. but it, it was, it really gave me the confidence that I did not have yeah. growing up. Because I think I was that ugly duckling for so long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was bullied. I didn't feel good about myself. My mother, she did an awesome job. But she didn't run out and buy me everything, I, you know, right. everything that the other girls had to right. make me fit in. She, you know, forced me to be kind of authentically me. And, um, and so having all these experiences truly gave me the confidence yeah. to really be able to walk into any situation, which then kind of translates to the fitness. hundred percent. Yeah. To be able to say, okay, I'm a new instructor. I'm going to be, be like, I got to get up and put this performance on. Yeah. In front of 50 people or in whatever of, it is. God, yeah. Don't you miss those days? Uh, I know. I know. It's, it's kind of 30 now, but it's coming back. It's oh coming God. Back. We're getting I mean, there. I had 65 one day and I was just like, mm -hmm. you feel like a rock star. 100%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I really feel like that's what gave me the confidence confidence to to kind of be who I am and yeah. and and at you know step out of my role as you know a salesperson that I hated and, and just yeah. keep trying do you feel like your mom's struggle with weight like do you think you fell into that growing up because that was the household you were in like did your and also did your dad struggle with weight too like no my dad just like you know it never was an issue okay. um I do remember when I was probably well, that's how I got into swimming. You know, oh, my swimming sister. Yeah, yeah. I ran horses and I had like, I had my little horse and we were kind of like a dinky barn. And, you know, I went to the barn every day and I was just like, I was the weird horse girl. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Y'all is... know what I'm talking about. The weird horse girl. That was a hundred percent me. Like I made the mistake of wearing my riding boots to middle school. Oh, oh God. Oops, oops. Yeah. I mean, waking up in the morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember we went to the doctor and the doctor was like, and so my parents got me into swimming and then I remember my dad would like pick me up from the barn in the summers and be like, we'll go to lunch. And he would be like, why don't you get the side salad instead mm -hmm. of the French fries? And so that kind of started. And then, yeah. you know, I swam year round and I was right. a pretty avid and that took care, you know, you can, you swim that much. You, yeah. you, you can't get mm -hmm. any weight if you don't want, if well, you that's want the to. problem when you stop, it's like, do, 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 do. yeah, yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was aware of it and I was always like, you know, a, a thin child. And then I think I hit like, you know, uh, puberty yeah and that's where I put it on a little bit but so I think a big part of that was again where I talk about that extended ugly duckling sure um period yeah to just yeah. kind of go through that and not but no I don't think I think you know part of the fact is like I just didn't have a great diet role model right you know I mean right. my son eats his share of macaroni and cheese but I'm like dude you got to throw a veggie in there mm -hmm. or you know 
trying to get him to eat salads or yeah. trying to get him to yeah. experiment with different foods and not be, you know, very, very insular yeah. meat and potatoes, which is right. kind of how I was raised to answer right. your question. I think to go back to closing your loop on your question of my yeah. mom. No, that's perfect. But I got to say, I'm really proud of my mom. She has like lost all this weight. She's really? back to like, yes, she looks the best she's ever looked. That's awesome. And um, yeah, we just, I'm like, she's, she's a badass. And we she just, kind of inspired by you or what kind of made no, her little switch? Um, I think basically a doctor looking at her eye, yeah. like, you're going to be dead or mm. you're going to have diabetes and I'm cutting your feet off. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my mom didn't work out growing up. I mean, I'll never forget. She went into like a Bally's fitness in the eighties and the very first day and somebody laughed at her. And so I, I just think it's so ironic. I'm going to tear up, but that this is that what I do considering like what a struggle she had for so long. Mm. And so maybe that's part of my fire Mm -hmm. to help and like inspire people because I never want anyone to feel that way. No. You know, I mean, and I don't, you know how this is an instructor. The fittest, strongest, fastest person in the class, I love you. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I want that girl that's in the back corner right. that's tugging on her shirt every five minutes mm. and is feeling discouraged. I want her. Like, she's my rock star. Yeah. Oh, I just got chills. Oh, I mean, your mom. I'm so, like, and she's in her 70s. Like, it's never too late. No. No. You BJ's know? out there killing it. Betty, <laughs> my mom's name is Betty Jean, y'all. Betty Jean. Yes, BJ. Where is she? For, can we bring her on the show? I feel like we oh need to God. interview BJ her. Oh, my God. BJ is a hoot and a half, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a lot more rosé for BJ. <laughs> That's fine. I'll be ready. I need another mic. We can do, like, a little she three-way was an army podcast. Brat. Uh, where's so she, she from? Um, she was an army brat. Born, oh, oh, okay. It is a closely guarded family secret. Now, if you're listening, you can clearly hear I have a southern accent. Right? My father is from Connecticut. Mm. My mother spent most of her childhood in New Jersey. Really? And I am a very proud southern girl. So it is a closely guarded family wow. secret that I am the child of two Yankees. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and as a Yankee myself, I can say, yes, you are. Yes. Yeah. So I do have some of, I, it is in there, but you know, get to, to see me is to be like, um, she's about as southern as they come. Right. I'm like, tease the hair to Jesus, come <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so let's fast forward. You have been in the fitness industry for a few years. You're losing the weight. You're getting to a confident place, right? Mm-hmm. And where does your fitness and nutrition kind of start to merge? Because didn't you say it wasn't until the past few years that you started the faster way to fa- weight loss? Is that a new thing? Yeah, so I became a certified nutrition coach about... With COVID, it's like, what year is a year? Right, I don't even know. Um, I think it was about two years ago, just okay. to give something, just to understand. Yeah. I mean, relentless forward motion, again, is my life's motto. So yeah. to be able to offer better for my clients okay. and to offer another piece of it, because everyone comes to you. Well, what right. do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, I know what I do, but right. I don't know if what I do works for you. Sure. So um, I went through that certification and it just, it was great. It was Precision Nutrition. It's online. Learned a ton. But I wasn't able to monetize it as well as I – it wasn't monetizing itself mm-hmm. really well. I mean, it was great, and it was a great add-on for clients. It was fine. Yeah. Um, but I loved doing it. Yeah. I loved nutrition coaching. Coaching, yeah. And the pandemic hit, and I was approached by this company, Faster Way to Fat Loss. And you can – you'll see – Oh, sorry. I said weight loss. Faster Way to Fat Loss. To fat okay. loss, yes. Because I feel like it's so much better than weight loss. Mm-hmm. Teaching people how to fuel their body, how to and become lose, fat burners, lose how to stored fat exactly, how to right, right, yeah. and increase their lean lean mass. Muscle, yeah, 
Um, so I do a combination of both. Um, Faster Way to Fat Loss is a six-week program that's done online. And the entry point for that financially is a little more palatable than having me be your one-on-one nutrition Got coach. It. Okay. However, if you one-on-one nutrition coach with me, it's obviously a little more tailored. Sure, sure, sure. And post-pandemic, the nutrition coaching has really picked up, which I love because it's yeah. really amazing. Yeah. You know, clients are, are texting me like, oh gosh, you know, I finally crushed my protein goals or, oh man, I'm going out to this restaurant. I'm not sure what to order. Can right. you take a peek at the menu? Right. So it's having somebody that's, that's an advocate for you on your right hand to be like, hey, look, let's, you've got an accountability. You've got a great coach on your side. And I also realize, I mean, hello, we're drinking our rosé. Right. We're not perfect. Right. And how do we manage Mother's Day and weekends right. and, and all the things while continuing to progress towards our goals. Yes. That isn't just a straight black and white, yes. do this. And there's a time and a place. Like for me, sometimes I feel mentally in a rut and I look at what I'm doing and what I'm putting in my body and that's when I realize, okay, you're you're over consuming, right? Mm-hmm. You're everything in moderation, including moderation. Mm-hmm. And that's when I take like a big step back and drastically change everything and cut everything out just to give me a jump start. Mm -hmm. And that works for me. But a lot of people that doesn't work for because cutting everything out is like, whoa, like, hold on. I can't do all that. Yeah. But I'm super disciplined when I get to that point mentally. So for me, it's a mental thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you find in the pandemic and Post pandemic, now I get, I don't know if, I don't, are we still in it? I don't know. I'm going to, with the mask mandate again, I'm we're, t- post. I'm, we're post. Great. I'm let's putting go, that out in the universe. I'm that. not going back. We're done. We're, post. we're done. We're done. Bye, okay. Rona. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you find now is a client's biggest challenge moving forward? Are they losing the weight that they gained? Are they trying to get back to the real world and incorporating? The fun things again, like what are you seeing your clients deal with now? It's a combination of both. And what I am looking, what I am anticipating seeing is another thing. So let me say the first is, yeah, some people gain weight during quarantine. Sure. I mean, some people just were like, oh my gosh, it was, you know, they were Will drinking Smith. like fish. Will Smith. I mean, look, bless. <laughs> and then my, <laughs> I know my quarantine um, weight gain was like, well, I'm trying to support the local businesses. So we needed you to take right. out again tonight. Right, right, right. Totally. I don't want these restaurants to go out. And then I'm like, no, it was, <laughs> I, I love you, but I can't. Right, I can't right. eat this much pizza. Yeah. Um. But what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing personally is we out mm. and we ain't saying no to nothing. Right. You get that. To, I was on a group text message with all my mama friends, yeah. and they were like, "Hey, does anyone want to meet up at this place, um, on, with the kids on the patio?" And everyone said yes. Yeah. And we overwhelmed this poor waitress. <laughs> so I think what's going to happen is we're you know, people are coming out and they're going, okay, A, I'm really not happy. I want to show my best self. Right. But I'm like, I, I mean, kind of going, man, business is going to be good for a while because if people feel like I do, right, I am not saying no to anything. Right. And I want to experience life. I want to go to these restaurants. I want to do these things. But I need to make sure that I've got that I, my priorities in check and that, and hopefully they need a coach to help them coach sure. them through this. Sure. So yeah, I, I think that our business as um, fitness professionals, we are, um, our, our industry's safe for yeah. right now. Cause I think it's just, definitely it's, safe. it's been a, it's been a ride, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, safe and safe and not safe. It's like last year showed us that, you know, I think what was this statistic? Class pass posted a statistic that, 40% of their clients closed. 
Wow. So in in the nation mm-hmm. and um, whether some of those places are reopening or not, but like I don't see that happening. Like Flywheel, for example, like granted, there's a whole different story behind that, but that's a big company that's never going to open again. Yeah. However, I think we saw a lot of smaller localized places open. So some of the big chains kind of died down because they're abiding by these huge mandates mm-hmm. and laws and some of these smaller places that are locally owned they're like well we have one owner and she teaches a bunch of classes and we can do whatever we want right right so right that's one that's one avenue of the way fitness is going but another is the virtual training the online coaching how can we not be present and still um coach and still change people's lives and that's nutrition is a huge part of that. Right. So right. that's coming into play. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon either. No, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Go anywhere. And I, to, to your point with class pass, I think that a lot of those studios that closed were part of that studio boom. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't, a city doesn't need two aerial silks yoga classes right, 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 right. or, you know, every kind of weird, what was the yeah. one with the stand up paddle boards? And oh the yeah. Surf I remember board. that. I mean, just the, so if you're doing the right thing right. and if your vibe is right, right and if you have great instructors that can truly create change with yeah. people, yeah. you're going to make it. And I always say you, no one goes into the fitness industry to make six figures. Yeah, It might happen. You might get lucky. Um, you learn how to do several different modalities, but like nobody at 24, if they're like, I want to make a shit ton of money, I'm like, then don't go into fitness. If you're like, I want to impact the world, then I'm like, go into fitness. Mm-hmm. So it's just a different why. It's a different reason. And that so. was an interesting conversation that I had with my husband. Mm. You know, when we were, he was like, look, you know, we want to have kids. Um, I want, I want to be that mom that can pick up. Yeah. I want to be that mom that, that is there yeah. every Flexibility. night. Flexibility. And, you know, granted, I teach one night a week. I have to miss sports, some sports right. things. Right, right. But I can be there for my child and and I've got one and I've got one shot. Mm-hmm. And that was something that my husband was, I, I can never express my gratitude because I don't think I ever would have had the courage if it wasn't for him right. to say, babe, you're great at this, follow your dream yeah, and we'll figure it out. And it and is I, kind of nice to like go teach and be like, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. You know, unless you have a managerial role, which I could, I could, that's a whole nother show, but for both of us. (laughs) After the uh, whole gravity fiasco, I have learned that I am much better at teaching and leaving. I don't like getting called. We owned a a small portion of a studio that went under and I learned a ton from that. That's Mm -hmm. a whole nother podcast. But um, yeah, I I don't want to get called at four in the morning when the instructor doesn't want to show up. And and because you got to be there. That, I mean... Well, and speaking to like mental health, um, that's actually an interesting little take, but I was just pushing, throwing deck chairs off the Titanic with this specific facility for, for many years. And I, I was very passionate about it. And I loved it, but I was so stressed mm-hmm. and I just, I kept having these recurring nightmares. I'd wake up and run down the stairs thinking someone had stolen my purse, mm. which I mean, think about it, like your livelihood. Hello. Right. Um, right. And I just, I mean, we just struggled and, and fought and just tried and tried and tried. And one day a girlfriend of mine who owns a really successful boutique in Athens, she just opened one in Atlanta. Shout out Chicky Peach. Yes. I can't wait to go. <laughs> I'm dressed head to toe. She is so cute. Um, she was driving through Atlanta from Mart and we just met and at Alon's and had a glass of champagne. And she was like, Paige, you're, you're a shell. 
what like what are you doing mm. like this isn't your retire like what are you doing and I was like and she's like when were you your happiest and I'm so grateful for like to have people and you and I have done this a little bit yeah. too you and I have had yeah. conversations offline where like when were you your happiest right. And I was like, when I was teaching a bunch of different modalities and a bunch of different things, and I could leave. Yeah. And I could give that room full of people every ounce of my energy to the point where, guys, sometimes I get home and I'm just like, don't talk to me. I got to lay on the house on right. the sofa and watch my right. housewives. Energy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm not going to say that's my gift, but like, that's my talent. That's what I know that I'm good at. And I yeah. think that's part of being 40 is like, you can be retros retrospective and say okay i know that i'm good at this i know i suck at this right right um and i sucked at being a manager well uh, i also at, think at running a studio yes <laughs> but i also i think there's a reason that there's a manager and there's an instructor like to do both is very exhausting mm-hmm. um and there's a whole different level of stress that comes with that so i think a lot of times you know as a manager as a lead trainer as whatever and you're supposed to teach 12, 15 amount of classes, like it's just too much. It's like you can still teach, but like that, you've got to pick one or the other. So these owners are like, okay, do we really want you to be a manager that teaches a few or do we want you to be a badass instructor that can help out with scheduling occasionally? So it's got to go one way or the other, I feel like. Well, and I feel like people with a great instructor personality yeah. aren't necessarily great manager so i lead the instructors because i can speak their language right and we 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 are on the same page but i would not be good at running the front desk yeah 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 yeah. so and i i just i just feel like it's two two completely different personalities totally um and and shout out to um my owners at shred fort 15 because they're very much they want to see me thrive and have you know offered me opportunities and i'm like i know what i'm good at and Mm. i want to do what i'm good at and I want to do it really well for yeah. you stay in your lane yeah but that's something you learn at 35 36 37 you got to learn if it. that opportunity came up at 28 29 you'd be like yeah I'll do whatever yeah. I'll do anything you I'm want a me hustler. to do yeah, yeah. and I'll yeah. do and then you realize and then you you're you're trying to put a round peg in a square right. hole right 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 and it just doesn't work mm-hmm. um so I think you know not that this has become a podcast about being 40 and looking back but I do feel like there's a lot to be said and learned from looking from realizing what you're not good at right because and the and the mental health aspect from trying to do a job that you just are not good at right right and that can be applied to not just fitness any any field i don't you know people talk about age and i'm like if you die at 90 i'm not even middle aged yet if you die at 50 and you're 30 you're half you're more than halfway there so i don't even think about age i think about experiences and you know, both of us have 14 years plus now of fitness experience and we can offer something totally different to the table than a 28, 29 year old. Yeah. Which n- no offense to them. It's just, we need that. It's just, we need your, you know, banging body and right, a ton of energy right. and, and blind enthusiasm right. for fitness. <laughs> we're sometimes Megan and I are like, oh And your God. TikToks and your reels <laughs> and all the things. We're just like, man, we've been around this for a minute. We're worn out. I know, um, I know. Well, let's let's kind of wrap it all up together. And what, besides working out, besides nutrition, how do you stay, you know, obviously like gravity went under, you left that, you're no longer an owner. You've got kind of five different things going on at once, which is how I thrive too. Mm-hmm. I don't have all my eggs in one basket. I've learned the hard way. That Girl. <laughs> when, that's, when that basket drops, like everything is crushed, but you, you can build up and you can, you can 
do something new in a different capacity, but within the same field. So it's never over. Besides fitness, besides nutrition, what makes you happy? What keeps Paige going, going, going and able to, and I I take your classes. So I'm saying, I'm trying to say this from a a client perspective. What makes you show up on the days? Cause I know there are days that we wake up at 5am and we're like, I don't want to fucking do this. Mm -hmm. What makes you keep showing up consistently and, and staying from the outside mentally well? It's you've got to set the boundaries mm-hmm. and, and the impossible word of balance. And I'm always seeking the balance mm-hmm. of am I teaching the right number of classes? Mm-hmm. Am I training the right number of people? Um, are the people that I'm training pulling my energy? Right. I mean, you know, so um, so it's it's that balance. And then yeah. also I, I play tennis. And I like playing tennis. Yeah. I'm awful. Um, <laughs> but I have all the cute outfits. So yeah. it's like, do I have my time to play tennis? Yeah. And do I have my time yes. to be with my, my family? Do I, you know, so it, to me, it's like, okay. And I, you know, so I always say, okay, Thursdays are my tennis day. Sure. Well, this week I trained two clients, played a match, and then I trained two clients. And I, at the end of the day, was so angry, like angry, mm-hmm. like just pissed off. Maybe because I lost the <laughs> match. But um, I was like, okay, noted. So next week I, I need to maybe train clients before tennis and then just be right. done. Yeah. Um, so it's it's constantly looking at my schedule and evaluating, and it is sometimes saying no, which is really hard because I like nice things. Mm-hmm. And when somebody comes in, like, "Well, can you train me?" Right. My mind goes right. to like what the bottom line for the month is. Right. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll train you. Let's go." And then I'm depleted. Yep. So I have to. I've got to be really careful now. I will say, like, during lockdown, I was like, I promised myself I was never going to be running ragged and doing 10,000 things a day, and here I am. Mm-hmm. But it's also just saying, okay, stop. Look at your schedule. Be intentional. Yeah. Make sure you've got that time. You know, Sunday, I'm not subbing a lot because I want to go to church with my family. Yeah. And Friday night is family movie night, and we're yeah. together. You know, so it's to me, you never find the balance. Right. Like, never, ever, ever. It's never perfect. But seeking for that balance that gives you your mental health and gives you your... Right. Because as instructors, too, it's such an energy exchange. A hundred percent. If you're good. Yeah. <laughs> if you're good. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we're good. Yeah. And we give so much and you've got to find that time to like give back to you and say, Hey, look, all right, I'm going to book myself a massage or I just need to like, my husband's working from home and bless his heart. He comes up from the office and he wants to chat and I'm like, "Mm -mm, I'm listening to a podcast. Right. Don't talk to me. No talky talky. Love you, babe. I'll talk to you in an hour and a half. Yeah. So that would be my biggest thing. And that's for anybody. Like we all, so many people are hustlers and so many people, it's just part of our culture. Um, but, but, I guess if I had a piece of advice for your listeners is don't hustle yourself out of balance. Mm, I like that. I like that. And always know like you're in control. Like you can say yes, you can say no. And the people that love you and support you will understand that. But being able to communicate your whys are really important too. Um, Like I was invited to this thing on, on Sunday and it's for LLS and it's a workout. And you know what? Like I have to, old me would have been like, yep, I'll be there. I'll donate $50. Like what? Right, right, right. Got it. Yeah. And now I'm like, here's the thing. Like 
Sunday is my day. I might want to sleep in. I might want to go for a hike. I might want to sit on my couch and do what I need to do. So I'm the queen of saying maybe. Yeah. Was, and you might wake up and be like, this is a great day to do right. this. Right. And yeah. Is there room? Is there not? Like, right. I don't even care, you know? Yeah. Don't but commit yourself to exactly. every single thing. It's a, and it's, it's about being almost hyper self-aware. Yeah. Like, what do you really need in that moment, that day, for any female, not just us in fitness? Um, so I think that's that's super super important in, in the balance. And a lot of people come on here and we talk about journaling and meditating, but you're the first person that's talked about family, uh, life balance, being able to do your own workout. Like, being able to go play tennis is huge. Like, I'm trying to get back into the pool. Right. And sometimes I just feel so depleted. It's like the last thing I want to do, but I know that I get such a high when I get out of that pool, so I need to get back to it. So it's it's about reserving time and energy for yourself, doing what makes you happy. Right? 100%. Yeah. And you, you cannot – and it's hard – when you're a mother too, because yeah, you give a, a spouse and a mother, right. you give, you give, you give. And then all of a sudden you're a raving bitch <laughs> and you're like, why? And I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. You I'd know? love you, but I don't want to be around yeah, you. Yeah, mama's going to go bye-bye. Yeah. And we always say, mama, no, I start a key. And I go upstairs <laughs> in my little office and I shut the door and I'm like, I'll see you in a little bit, bud. Aww. So, um, but it's, it's the, you know, it's, it's been a great, um, it's been amazing just seeing how we've all come out of this. Yeah. And I'm so excited to kind of to see how our industry evolves and pivots and changes. I and know that's this like- is the first time in seven and a half. I've almost lived here eight years. I've worked in fitness since the moment I moved. This is the first time that we've actually worked at the same place. I know. So we're both at Lifetime. Yeah, we're both at Lifetime. And, and we pass each other or she right. comes to my class. Right. And I'm like... Like cracking jokes with her and it's so fun. It's so, so fun. It's been a lot of fun. And I just, I, I'm really excited for people to hear your story and your journey and that, you know, you came from a totally different space and place and that you are motivating people from your own prior experiences. And that's the most relatable thing in any industry that we can hope for. And I'm glad that people are finally going to hear it. Thank you. So cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for coming for on. having me. I wouldn't, I mean, I have been loving, a huge fan, like I said. And Thank you. Just honored to be here and, and honored to watch your journey because you've been crushing it. And I'm really, really proud to know you and call you a friend. I appreciate that. You're going to make me cry. All right, guys, we are signing off. Happy Friday. Granted, it's a Tuesday when we've released, but it's Friday for us. Friday cheers. for us. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Six Feet Above podcast. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. Subscribe so you never miss another episode as a new episode is released every Tuesday. And if you're enjoying the series, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at Six Feet Above Podcast to keep the conversation going. And feel free to reach out to me directly at Megstagram11. This episode is a product of Audiographies, produced by Megan Armstrong and Denor Sepolia, edited by Jacob Smolian, and the music is by Keenan Willis, funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.